0: Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I am obviously Chris Ann Hall, your constitutional attorney on demand, live and in person today. On this beautiful December Monday, I have with me in studio, Christian, the man that everyone knows runs runs everything behind the scenes. And all the ladies, all the ladies love Christian. You know, it's true, Christian, everywhere we go. I mean, (laughs)
1: Pretty
0: likable, dude. <laughs> Christian, make sure you speak up and project because everybody's always telling me, I can never hear Christian. I'm sorry. Okay, um, well, here we go. Hey, Christian, I found a video. Okay. I found a video explaining, it's actually a training video for the FBI. It explains, it's going to explain to the American people how the FBI works I gave you that video. Have you ready? you ready? all right Christian is going to give you this training video on how the FBI really works. go ahead and start it <laughs> Can I hear. It now?
1: 好嗎 okay. okay.
0: We good? Are we back on? You're good, yeah. All right, January sixth, right there, guys. That's the FBI in a nutshell. I saw that and I couldn't help but share it with you guys, so you could see what the FBI really does and how it really works. So, I want to talk to you about question number one: the Nuremberg Code which sort of blends into the Hague. And this conversation keeps coming up to me about Fauci. You know, you've got um, uh, Elon Musk says his pronouns are prosecute Fauci. You have uh, Rand Paul talking about prosecuting Fauci. You have all these people talking about prosecuting Fauci, but there's a question about how that will be done. And I've been inundated with questions lately about the, about the Nuremberg Code and the Hague, okay? So I wanna clear up a few things for everybody out there who might be hearing this from other people, everybody out there who might be having questions about this, everybody out there who wants to know more. First off, the Nuremberg Code is an ethical code on medical research that was drafted in Nuremberg, Germany in 1947. The Nuremberg Code is not accepted law in any country in the world. You are not going to bring charges against Fauci using the Nuremberg Code. It's not happening, okay? You're not going to be bringing justice to the American people using the Nuremberg Code. Now I've had a- people ask me about codifying the Nuremberg Code. Well, that's neither here nor there because it's not happening. Because number one, it's an ethics code. It's not a criminal code. We don't codify ethics obligations. Ethics obligations are levels of professional standards. If we want to criminalize what we would consider unlawful experimentation on people, we've already got that criminalized, guys. You have a civil medical malpractice. You have a battery, assault, aggravated battery. I mean, there are so many things that these people could be charged with. And I don't think choosing the right code, because codes don't bring people to justice. They don't. What it's really going to take is to get into the right mindset. I'm talking about this congressional hearing now of, of, should we have a congressional hearing about Fauci and his lying to Congress and that sort of thing. Come on, guys. Bill Clinton was found guilty of lying to Congress. Found guilty of lying to Congress. Can you comprehend how many congressional hearings we've had? And you have to know, nothing has ever, ever, ever come out of a congressional hearing. They're simply kabuki theater. They're not actually criminal proceedings. It's the government investigating the government. And there is no way Congress is ever going to bring justice against a person, especially when you understand that it is a bipartisan government. And the implications of guilt on somebody like Fauci will implicate people in office. It's it's just not going to happen that way. The only way people like Fauci will ever come under justice is if you can find a court and and you actually bring criminal charges as an individual against them or more likely civil charges against them. Fauci's going to retire. He can't hide under immunity anymore. So as soon as he retires, start following, start filing civil lawsuits against him like they did with Trump. Just start filing civil lawsuits and file and file and file and file. And file. There's got how many people in America are having adverse reactions based on his his demands based on his actions. If everybody brought a lawsuit, and I'm not talking about class action lawsuits. I'm talking about every single person bring their own lawsuit. Maybe they don't get justice in the end of the day. But by the very nature of the fact that you have so many of them, you're going to make the man's life miserable. I mean, we have to understand that we've created a society where we have a hierarchy of people. We've allowed the government to do it this way. There's long-term solutions and there's short-term satisfaction. Short-term satisfaction is file so many lawsuits the man doesn't want to get out of bed at the end of the at, at the beginning of the day. You make his life miserable. You see, you have to learn to redefine victory. 90% of lawsuits don't go anywhere anyway. 99% of lawsuits are settled out of court. The value in it is the, ne- the sheer stress of the ubiquitous nature of everybody bringing lawsuits against him. And that's why I said not class la- actions, okay? Not class actions. Class action takes a bunch of people and puts them into one. Why not take everybody, all individually, and do the same thing? There's plenty of lawyers out there. So that's, that's, What we have to do, we have to act individually. We can have governors that come together, but it's going to take things at the individual and local level to bring people any modicum of justice against people like Fauci. And no, the Nuremberg Code is not going to be your source of justice. It's not even accepted law. If you wanna talk about people violating ethics violations, then you're talking about civil procedures that come against people through their licensing. Ethics is a licensing thing. It's not a criminal thing. People have asked me, what about bringing charges at the Hague? Well, let me explain something to you, okay? The Court of the Hague is officially known as the International Criminal Court or the ICC. Now, the Nuremberg Code is the International Standard for Medical Ethics. If you want to do something with the International Standards for Medical Ethics, Perhaps your, code of juris, your, your court of jurisdiction would be the International Criminal Court, would be the Hague. But here's the problem. The United States is not part of the Hague. We have no jurisdiction in the Hague. We can't even bring cases to The Hague. Now, although we helped negotiate the Rome statute that led to the creation of the court, we are not a party to The Hague. Clinton tried to get us in. George W. Bush said, I'm pulling our application. So, we have no jurisdiction, no standing in the United States to bring anything to The Hague. We don't. And as a matter of fact, even if we did, charges come through the Hague by governments, not individuals. Only governments can bring charges before the Hague. So there's a lot of people running around out there I think, distracting us from the real solutions, guys. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you. Not like the first one to tell you, but I'll be first to tell you on my behalf. I'm not eating the whole it's Fauci's fault thing. Yes, Fauci is an evil man. He is as evil as evil who began the argument for the Nuremberg Code in 1947, that's how evil he is. He's of that scientific ilk that brought us the Nuremberg Code from the beginning in 1947. That is Fauci. But you see, Fauci has no legal power in America, okay? prosecute Fauci. What have you done? Zero. Fauci is not the one that put masks on your face. Fauci is not the one that shut down your schools. Fauci didn't shut down your businesses. Fauci didn't shut down your church. Fauci didn't make you take a Jabberwocky. It's not Fauci. And I have to sneeze, Christian. Excuse me. And it's not Fauci's fault. If you want to point fingers, you need to look at your local political people. It's your county that shut down your businesses, it's your state that shut down your businesses, that shut down your church. It's your state, your county, your local governments that are trying to push the mandates. It's the federal government pushing the mandates. Fauci is not pushing the button, guys. He is a convenient fall guy. A convenient fall guy. So let's put aside the Nuremberg Code arguments it's a red herring put aside the heg it's the red herring fauci is a red herring you have to go and get involved at the state and local level and take over your local governments pointing fingers at fauci even if fauci was was brought before a tribunal and sentenced to some life in prison on the moon. It would change nothing, zero zilch, about what happened with these mandates. Fauci is a convenient fall guy. So let's stick to what the real issues are. And if you think about it, guys, how many of you watched my film Noncompliant? Raise your hand. If you've seen my movie, Noncompliant, you can go to noncompliantmovie.com right now and watch it at no cost to you. It was a big cost to us, but no cost to you. And you'll see. The bottom line is this, guys. Businesses were closed because businesses closed themselves down. Churches closed because churches closed themselves down. People got the jabberwocky because they stuck, they rolled up their sleeve and stuck their arm out. You see, you it's either a thing that we do by principle, by something that is never changing. That's what a principle is. Or it's something that we do because we're addicted to comfort and we don't want to stand for what we believe. So it's a free world. So you can believe what you want to believe. You can agree. You can disagree. As always tell the jury. You can d- believe in part what I say. You can believe in whole what I say. You can believe none of what I have to say. But let me tell you what. Medical tyranny has been a reality in America before Fauci. And medical tyranny will be a reality in America after Fauci. And the only thing that's going to change medical tyranny is the people themselves. That's it. Holding Fauci accountable will make you feel better, will make you feel like justice has been served. But Fauci was given a place in front of the camera to the world. He didn't take it. He was not a conqueror. He did not overthrow governments to be where he was. That is your proof that Fauci is the red herring. Cause somebody or somebodies put him there to distract the people from the real enemy. And there's so many distractions out there, guys. Nuremberg Code is one of the distractions. The Hague is a distraction. I see these people running around saying, "Um, you've got to take their bonds. That's a distraction, guys. Because... A bond is not what some people think it is. It's just simply an insurance policy. A bond is an insurance policy that the government takes out on its employees. It's not some kind of revocation of anything. And the people generally, nine times out of ten, don't even have access to make a grievance against the bond. That has to happen through the government. The bond is not the solution, guys. The bond is not the solution. And, and understand what we have to deal with here is the hard cold facts that the solution involves. I gotta roll up my sleeves and I have to get involved. By the way, I saw somebody down here saying uh, in the chat room that Fauci was the lead physician. The lead physician for what? He's not a physician, guys. He's not a physician. He was not a lead physician for anyone. He was a spokesman, a spokesman, a spokesperson for the NIH, which was adopted by the CDC. He's not the lead of anything. He was made a talking head. He had no jurisdiction to make demands on anyone. Fauci could not revoke anybody's license. Fauci didn't pay anybody's paycheck. Fauci didn't determine whether someone became a doctor or not. Look, guys, we can't be distracted by the red herrings. You gotta roll up your sleeves and and get involved and... Take over your county commissioners so they're not shutting down your government. You gotta take over your institutions of higher learnings so you can get involved in the medical board. So you can be, you know what? Here's the crazy thing. Why not get a community together and start your own charitable hospital? A charitable hospital or a profit hospital That doesn't require licensing by the American Medical Association. Seriously. Licensing is not oversight. I know that's what we're told. Licensing is not oversight. Licensing is a money racket. That's all licensing is. Licensing has never stopped anybody from doing any bad things. The only thing that stops people from doing bad things are, number one, knowing they're bad and they won't do them because they're internally self-governing and moral. And number two, the consequences for doing those bad things outweigh the benefits of doing those bad things. Licensing doesn't even make the consequences worse than the crime. By the way, there's criminal statutes for everything that is that licensing covers anyway. You don't need a license. The second problem I have with licensing is the fact that it's not even government. It's, it's actually non-governmental organizations telling you where, when, and how you can be employed. I don't know if that's probably one of the biggest forms of fascism I've seen. <laughs> So I hope that I've handled this whole Nuremberg Code thing for you, this Hague thing. Um, we don't have jurisdiction in the Hague. Nuremberg Code is not a law. And if you're going to bring it up, you're going to have to bring it in the Hague. And we don't have jurisdiction there. The second thing that I want to talk to you about, just very briefly, is I get this question all the time. Hey, Chrisanne. Somebody told me or I got people telling me that I can stop paying my taxes if I become a state national and surrender my citizenship. Uh no. I hope to God somebody didn't charge you for that t- bad advice if you paid somebody to teach you how to surrender your citizenship and become a state national, you've been grifted, you've been robbed. And please, don't try to just, cold turkey, stop paying your taxes because you will go to jail, okay? That's not how it works. First off, if you were born in the United States, it is legally impossible for you to become a state national. A state national is something not something that you declare for yourself. A state national is not something that you get from your state. That word state national means government, not like Texas. It means just government. State national is a legal classification that comes from the Secretary of State and it on, is only available to four classes of people, none of which are those born in the United States. You cannot avoid paying taxes by relinquishing your citizenship and becoming a state national. By the way, the what these people are telling you and how you can relinquish your citizenship is not even legal. You do not relinquish your citizenship by ri- ride- sending an a-, a written affidavit to the Secretary of State. That's not how that works. You are being grifted, you are being, your money is being stolen, and you are being criminally lied to if you actually stop paying your taxes on this. Now, I did a whole show on this. Christian, which episode was that again? Uh... Sorry, I, I I asked Christian to look it up, and then I, like, distracted myself, and now I wanted Christian to answer the question, and <laughs> I caught him off guard. He's good, though. He's going to find it. He's going to find it. I promise you. I want you to get, when you find it, I want you to give the title, too. Um, did you say State National? The State National, yeah. It is... Episode fourteen seventy six. What's the, do you have the title over there? Yes, it is. What is a state national? What is a state national? Episode fourteen seventy six. Yes. All right. Go on Rumble. Go on Facebook. Go on D Live. Go on Twitch go on spotify go on anchor fm go on itunes go go on google music look for episode what was that again 1476 episode 1476 I have called it what on what is a
1: state national oh you
0: have it up on the screen awesome mm-hmm. what is a state national You need to, if anyone is approaching you and telling you you can stop paying your taxes by becoming a state national or anybody who's telling you to become a state national, please, 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 I beg of you, go watch that episode and I will teach you everything you need to know. I promise. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about is this current NDAA. And I'm pulling up my notes here because this is something that is getting a lot of coverage because, and, and I think we maybe talked about it on the show, well, we didn't have a show on Friday. Did we talk about it on Wednesday, Christian? Do you remember? Anyway, you have Rand Paul, you have uh, Senator Mike Lee, and you've got a number of people in the House. That are trying to put into the NDAA, if you don't know what the NDAA is, the NDAA is called the National Defense Authorization Act. I call it a Trojan horse because in reality, what it does is it is this must pass bill. And what the Congress sells you is the National Defense Authorization Bill is how your military gets paid. And who wants to be the congressman that votes against a bill that gives our service members their paychecks, right? Who wants to be that guy? Nobody wants to be that guy. So it becomes this must-pass bill, because otherwise you're anti American, your anti-service member, your anti-soldier, right? When in reality, 90% of the NDAA funds everyone but the service members. As a matter of fact, 14% of this NDAA is sending money to Ukraine. 14% is sending money and or arms to Ukraine. So you tell me this is about funding our privates, our petty officers, our corporals, our airmen. It is not. It's about funding the military complex and massive, laundering of money. That's what the NDAA is all about. But you have these people, uh, you have Rand Paul, you have Mike Lee, you have a number of people in the House that are trying to actually put into the NDAA a revocation of the mandates to get the Jabberwockies. So, What you have is confusion. Because the language that is being inserted by compromise into the NDAA is empty, guys. It's just empty. And I don't want to be the naysayer. I don't want to be... The, the big wet blanket downer. But when it's all said and done, what's it really going to do? Christian's going to put up some slides from the military freedom keepers. Um, some things that they have seen to be, some things that they have identified as concerns about this NDAA mandate revocation, okay? And I want to tell you that I, I put up about the sa- uh, a, a day or so before them some other thoughts that are very similar to what they put up, and we'll put those up in a minute. But Section 524 military freedom keepers point out here is the expansion of mandatory characterizations of administrative discharges of certain members on the basis of failure to receive COVID-19 vaccine. With the exception of a few housekeeping items, they say the addition of paragraph three allows for a simple uncharacterized discharge If the service member was in for less than 180 consecutive days and unable to receive an accommodation to COVID. Section 525, rescission of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Here's the entire section, they say. A brief analysis is on the next slide, but here it is. Not later than 30 days after the date of the enactment of this act, 30 days. The Secretary of Defense shall rescind the mandate that members of the armed forces be vaccinated against COVID-19 pursuant to the memorandum dated August 24, 2021 regarding mandatory coronavirus disease 2019 vaccination of the Department of Defense service members. Now this is the problem that I had and they have put up in this this Post here on Instagram. I believe they put it up on Facebook too. 30 days. 30 days. What does that mean? Why 30 days? Why not immediately? Upon this act, period. By giving 30 days, what are you doing? You're giving them 30 days to continue to harass these people? 30 days to force them out? 30 days to persecute and prosecute them. 30 days is a long, long time. Pursuant. it. If this memo is rescinded, right? Because remember it says, pursue it to the memorandum dated August 24th, 2021. If the memorandum is rescinded, does that mean it's possible to reinstate the mandate at a later date? The question, the answer to that question will be yes. Because see here, I'm not going to go through this whole thing. Um, go to slide number six, Christian. The questions and concerns are all there. The bottom line is this, guys. The smoking gun is that, that the real issue here is not being addressed. They are not addressing the fact that it's illegal to mandate this. Illegal. Nowhere has Congress actually addressed the fact that it's against federal law. There is only way, one way, the military can legally mandate an emergency use authorized drug, and that's if the president of the United States signs an exception, and the president never did. That's the smoking gun, guys. The president had the power to override federal law, and he chose not to. So they continue to mandate this illegally. When they continue to violate people's rights illegally. And then we get this statement from the Navy Secretary. Christian, put up my thing. Did you put up my thing yet? I can put it up right now. So here is a post that I put up based on the Secretary of the Navy threatening Congress regarding the revocation of this mandate. He says, if Congress abolishes the military's vaccine mandate, the Navy will be forced to separate sailors into two groups. Unquestionably, he says, it will create almost two classes of citizens in our services, those who can't deploy and those who can deploy. Go to the next slide. Did you advance that? There are all, uh, all of our branches of military have already created two classes of citizens, the persecuted and the non-persecuted. Pretty soon, there'll be two classes of citizens, those who are dying and those who are not. That's a whole different story. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro said at the America's Future Fleet Symposium in Arlington, Virginia, let's make sure we understand the secondary consequences of our actions. Well, I've outlined for you on social media the secondary consequences. I'm sure the ones not Del Toro is thinking of, but the real ones. You see, those who are invested in the criminal act of forcing an unapproved drug on our citizen service members are poised to actively discriminate against certain people based upon the exercise of their liberty of conscience. Del Toro, the Secretary of the Navy, is telling you we are going to discriminate against these people for exercising their liberty of conscience. Congressional, quote, removal of the mandate does not solve the problem. It is a political cop-out that creates even more problems. Number one, it does not address and conveniently ignores the fact that this mandate is not only morally wrong it is undeniably undeniably illegal because not a, because the ndaa withdrawal of this mandate does not address point 1 that it's illegal those invested in the illegal act suffer zero consequences and will continue to punish those who are acting lawfully Secretary of the Navy Del Toro is violating the law. He is acting unlawfully and in turn is gonna turn around and punish those who are acting lawfully. And then number three, because the NDAA withdrawal does not address the fact that it's illegal, just wait. Those invested in the illegal act will devise a new way to circumvent Congress and the law and reinstate their illegal activity. You see, they're not above circumventing the law. They're not even circumventing the law. They're ignoring it. They're refusing it. They're denying it. They're just saying we're above it. So Congress is going to say, okay, you got to withdraw this mandate. So what does that mean? They're already violating federal law. What does this thing from Congress mean to them? Nothing at all. Criminals always create new ways to engage in their criminal activity if the punishment does not outweigh the benefits of the crime. And that's the key, guys. You have to make, we have to make sure that as a people, the punishment outweighs the benefits of the crime. And we, as a people, have to understand that the accountability, um, Harry S. Truman, former president of the United States, had a plaque on his desk that says, the buck stops here. Well, guess what? That's what we as the American people have to adopt as our mentality. We have to stop pointing fingers and start saying, you know what? The buck stops here. I'm going to hold the right people accountable. I'm going to hold the people I've elected accountable. I'm going to hold the people who are violating the law accountable. Now, that's great, Chrisanne. So what's the solution? Well, the solutions are right there in front of our faces. We have to get educated. We have to get organized. We have to get activated. There are no easy fixes to this problem, guys. We're here because we're constantly looking for an easy fix. The solutions are not going to be easy. What we achieve too easily, we esteem too lightly, Thomas Paine said. And hell, tyranny like hell, is not easily conquered. So if you're looking for an easy, quick fix that's not going to cost you anything, you're looking for what never was and never will be. But it can begin at home. On December 14th, 2022, this Wednesday, we are going to help you become intimately acquainted with one of the most powerful right now solutions you have. Christian, are you ready to play that trailer? Yes, I am. Okay, Christian, play the trailer. When we come back, we'll talk about it stood in the pulpit and said Government doesn't own my church It's under the head of Christ and government cannot shut down my church and this sheriff Arrested him for it. We're not stopping. We'll never stop. We'll never comply It'll be a cold day in hell With the devil singing Frosty the
1: snowman We will never bow and will never comply It's time for you to stand up and say no a voicemail on the church phone. The voicemail was from the New Mexico State Police and the officer said that New Hope Revival Church is non-essential and must shut down. I knew I needed to connect with the sheriff. I knew it was the chief law enforcement of the region. I remembered, uh, getting to attend a, a Chris Ann Hall uh, seminar in Albuquerque and, and she had talked about the, the the Shire Reefs. And I said, listen, I, I want to know if you'll stand for God rights. And he looked me right in the eyes and he goes, Pastor, I will defend you even if it means I got to go to jail myself.
0: I put it in the Facebook chat room, December 14th, 7 p.m., the River Church at Tampa Bay, 3738 River International Drive, Tampa, Florida, exclusive world premiere of our second documentary, Noncompliant to the Sheriff. If there is a simple fix, this is it, guys. This is it. Notice I didn't say, easy but simple it's going to take work it's going to take effort it's going to cost you something but the peaceful solution that we addressed in our film non-compliant the first one is attainable peaceful non-compliance is attainable when you have a sheriff who understands the role and the duty of the sheriff. And that's what Non-Compliant 2 is all about. Christian, did you see it yet? Non-Compliant 2? Yep. Yes, I have seen it. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is pretty good. Hey, Christian gets a credit in that movie, don't you? I do. What did you do for that movie, Christian? I helped film some of it. I know, isn't that crazy? You guys go watch the movie just to see the the credit at the end talking yes. about Christian. <laughs> just for me. Just for Christian. Look, guys, world exclusive world premiere live at the River Tampa Bay in Tampa, Florida. You gotta come and see it. It's not gonna be available online yet. We're doing exclusive in-person premieres at the River Tampa Bay. It will, uh, then we will have another premiere in January in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. So if you're in that area, come over and see it. But you can't miss it. Sometime at the end of January, we'll be releasing it on the internet for everyone. But right now, out of respect for the people who sacrifice so much, to make this possible. I'm so excited about this. We're bringing to you these exclusive world premieres, and you can be there. Look, there are hotels right by the church, like 100 bucks, You can spend the night. You'd stay at the Motel 8 for less than that, and just come join us at the River Tampa Bay, River Church, Tampa Bay, 3738 River International Drive, 7 p.m. this Wednesday, December fourteenth. Are you ready, Christian? For for the movie. I'm very ready for the movie. You ready to see it on the big screen at the church? Yes. And the whoo, that's going to be pretty stinking amazing, don't you think?
1: Yes, I think it's going to be pretty fun.
0: It's going to be amazing. It's going to be you great. Said there's popcorn. And I'm so well. No, there's not going to be any popcorn. Sorry, no popcorn. But you can get. And, you know, you can get your probiotic drink. You can get a King's Arm coffee. um, You can get some really healthy treats and stuff. We have vendors with food at the church. You can get all kinds of stuff. Got some of the best coffee in town at King's Arm coffee right here at the River Church. So we hope to see you guys there. And I think that's all that I got for you today. This beautiful Monday in December. I hope everybody's... Uh, enjoying their day. I just don't want to rub it in to all the people that are around us, but it's actually 69 degrees here in Tampa. Not three degrees like it was in South Dakota. Christian doesn't get to travel with us anymore. He didn't get to have the three-degree temperature with us. I know you were sad about that, Christian, weren't you? Yes, I do miss traveling. (laughs) Were you missing the three degrees? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it didn't have any snow, so there wasn't a lot of fun. Just three degrees. Well, make sure that you like and share the show, whatever format you're on, share it. Um, Give it a thumbs up or whatever you do on whatever format you're watching. Uh, if you're watching us on one of the on the, one of the social media formats leave your comment below. When you're commenting tell people what you liked about the show. I mean we covered three really important questions today, three very important topics that I guarantee your friends have been confronted with at one some, some point or another. Show them where you get your truth right here. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Christian we should do a special show on Wednesday before the live premiere. Maybe we'll go live at the river before the premiere. Would that be an idea? Sure. You can prepare for that, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll make that happen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you live on Wednesday. God bless.
1: A voicemail on the church phone. The voicemail was from the New Mexico State Police and the officer said that New Hope Revival Church is non-essential and must shut down. I knew I needed to connect with the sheriff. I knew it was the chief law enforcement of the region. I remember uh, getting to attend a, a, a Chris Ann Hall uh, seminar in Albuquerque and, and she had talked about the the, the Shire Reefs. And I said, listen, I, I want to know if you'll stand for God rights." And he looked me right in the eyes and he goes, Pastor, I will defend you even if it means I got to go to jail myself.